Alright, friends, family, loved ones, welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Scoop Magoot. I'm Elaine. And we have a, another album anniversary um, episode today, which we always love doing these because A, you know, it gives us an excuse to talk about some of our favorite albums, and in some cases, we get to talk about, you know, or it gives one of us, maybe both of us, an excuse to talk about you know, really important album we haven't heard before, which is an example of that for both of us yep. here today. I'm, um, I'm very psyched about both of those to talk about them. And one of, well, I guess uh, for me, uh, two of the albums, um, it's kind of weird to think that they're as old as they are, but uh, that's how time works. And it's interesting how that's going to feel down the line. In, like, in, in the words of Steve Miller, it keeps slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Um, exactly, I, I I I can do more deadpan covers. I, I I'm available upon request. I'm on Fiverr. <laughs> um, yep, <laughs> just That's saying. Beautiful. Yep. I I didn't know how um, what Fiverr was until there's this dude on YouTube who makes bass videos. I Davey five oh four. Yeah, I. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's I, him. I can't. I honestly, I I I don't want to shit on people, so I'm just not going to say anything right now. But. Really? Yeah. Whatever could your opinion be? I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um, I, I, who knows? It, it's 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 the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that you know it's a it's, it's Schrodinger's cat Schrodinger's bullshit opinion. All we have to do is just collapse <laughs> the wave function and ask me. <laughs> Schrodinger's that's awesome. Um, uh, but we are going to talk about. Um, we we didn't go too far back today. Sometimes we have albums that are celebrating like you know thirty. 40, 50 years, but uh, the oldest one is, is 90 to 5, so we're celebrating its third... Oh, wait a second. It's 25th. That's yeah. math. Um, and that is Bjork uh, Post. This is her... Second. I guess this is her... Isn't it technically her third if you count the one when she was a kid? I don't yeah. Know people, it, it, I don't know if people I, count I, that. I was actually going to make that distinction, and you just took it right from under me, so thank you. Um, yeah, which is interesting. I remember the first time I looked up Bjork, I was I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought they accidentally mixed up two artists because I was like, this doesn't look remotely similar. But yeah, um, but yeah, Post. This is uh, was this kind of her break? I mean, the sense I get is this was her breakthrough album. Like this um, was what really put her on the map. Like not, I think debut was well received, but I think Post really. I don't know. You might have a different sense. But I, that's just. A, so I mean I, I think part of it is that, like we're, we're looking backwards at this. Um, yeah, so for sure. We, we really can't say definitively. I would probably argue that homogenic was yeah yeah that probably really... more of her breakthrough. But I mean Bjork's never been like poorly received for the most part. Like I can only think of like two albums in her entire career that are like really not viewed positively. So including. Um, her, well, I mean, actually, I think her newest one was relatively well received, just not not so by us. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, it was <laughs> it was pretty mixed all around. Like, I mean, it, that and uh, Volta, I think. Yeah. A lot of people don't like like not don't like, but I I think those two albums are just very on sort of the weaker side, uh, which just yeah. shows you how talented and you know just um, you know consistent of an artist Bjork is. 
Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, she is... I mean, literally and figuratively, she's a, a singular voice. Like, she just is yeah. so, so unique. And this, is, I believe, was the first Bjork album I ever heard. Uh, I saw it at, at our the local library where we grew up. And it just had such a colorful, distinct album. Mm. You know, it just it was so... It popped out at me. And... The first song I ever remember, Bjork song I remember hearing, was Army of Me. And that I is, love Army of Me. That is just such a good song. And it, it yeah. really, uh, like, I've just, I've, I've never looked back since. Like, I, I don't think, it was one of the weird, like, um, critically acclaimed or classic artists I heard in high school that I never, like, wavered on. Like, there were, there were a number of artists where I didn't think they were cool at the time or just, like, they didn't fit my narrow I, uh... music lens. I only knew of Bjork from Family Guy jokes and from that one, um, <laughs> that I, I one don't like, know if you remember that, that one SNL sketch where Kristen Wiig plays Bjork. No, um, I don't. Yeah, know yeah, it was it was back when that Icelandic volcano was erupting. Oh, and, and they're like, oh yeah, we're, 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 we bring you live to Iceland's only celebrity Bjork. It, it was just <laughs> Kristen Wiig doing a Bjork impression. It was uh, not flattering, but. Yes. Um, well, I feel like she she has such a like a distinct voice that to mimic it. Well, you're, no, no, you're it, it wasn't like... even doing the voice. She was just like, "Oh, we prayed to the mother volcano, and she granted us all this ash." <laughs> just that's like, so weird it, because I feel like Iceland seems just like a relatively normal European location, except it's like on an island and yeah, they, it, I, I don't know. Iceland's like, pretty rad, dude. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't interpret it that way. But I guess SNL. Well, I, its... I mean, I I don't think they're interpreting Iceland. I think they're interpreting Bjork like that. Which I mean, given yes. you know the album covers that you know she's been on, um, sometimes you might see that and be like, oh, this person's kind of a weirdo. When in reality, she's just you know I I very artsy, I guess. Yeah. When it when it comes to sort of her her stage presence, so for sure. Um, um, but l- 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 let's let's talk about post um, because I I really like like this is sort of the album that got me into Bjork as well because um, I originally bought Homogenic um, and I do like that album um, but I think it was a little too tough for me at the time to sort of you know chew on because um, it, it's it's not exactly the most welcoming album out there. Yeah. Um, but then I remember just listening to Post and just being just so blown away by pretty much every single track on here. Yeah. But I, Army of Me especially was, was probably the biggest one for me. Um, j- just because of like like that beat, like just the, the the production on that song is just so cool. It's just so yeah. Like it just it, it kind of has like this almost like a jump the fuck up dance vibe to it. But then like Bjork kind of brings her own like n- like. Bjorkness into into the song, um, and I love the lyrics too. Like they, they just, what maybe it's because have you ever seen the uh, the cover for the single of it? No, um, I haven't. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, because yeah, it, it's well, it, it's just basically like a three D rendering of of like her. It's it, it's it's almost like she's like dressed as Astro Boy in a way. Oh, but, interesting. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I well, I I just remember I remember seeing that art. And listening to um, sort of the, there was this line like your rescue squads are too exhausting or something yeah. like that, and um, I for some reason I like that that 
instance always reminds me of like anime for some reason like i think i was starting to get into ghost in the shell at the time so yeah i kind of just ended up sort of combining things it's it's, it's funny how that works how like music and memories intermesh with each other very well yeah like, I, I think they they think at one point when i was doing some kind of projects or whatever i think they literally do use like the same the same part of the brain yeah like I, memory and music Oh yeah, d- definitely so. because like, like I well I know that um, like so like whenever I listen to Coheed and Cambria nowadays, I can't help but think of fantasy literature. And I mean, I think part of that's because of just you know the nature of their music. But yeah, uh, I was also reading Brent Weeks's uh, Lightbringer trilogy at the same time that I was getting into Coheed and Cambria. So those those two are always linked for me. But um, you know, I, so I, Army of Me is already you know a great song, but I think Hyper Ballad you know sort of is kind of the defining track of this yes. album almost I, I i would argue because it, it just sort of sets the tone like the first the i i think just sort of the the uh thematic distance between those two tracks really sets the tone for the album that there's a lot going on and yeah you know you're not really sure what to expect um, yeah exactly but, i mean i, I remember yeah. when i first heard uh this album, you know, I was like, man, I love this song. And then when, you know, Iber Battle, I was like, oh my God, like, I love this song too. Like, they just, they're both, they're both so, so great, but so distinct. Um, Yeah, they're just so well, well, well composed and well executed. Um, You know, it's, you got to hand it to Bjork that like, you know, she really knows what she wants. Yeah. Like, she, she really has a vision and she's willing to, you know, really, you know, go buy it like go get it by any means necessary uh even if it's doing something entirely herself you know or you know having other people help her you know it's she's she's very open to making her vision come true um exactly which I really like you know and because i think like oh you go ahead i was gonna say song i really like about this album is i mean as much as i love bjork uh by the end of some of her longer albums uh, yeah, like Von, yeah. Von especially her voice. It's just it's so, it's so unique and it's so. It's it's kind of exhausting for me to listen to. I don't know if that's too, yeah. too well, like over we, the top or too. We we we've we danced around this conversation before, uh, especially when we were reviewing Utopia a few years ago. That, that um, was something I wrote down is that th- like this album is only forty six minutes and it feels long. Like not in a bad exactly. way. Just it's very like. It's there's a lot of depth. It's rich. It's a layered album. Yeah, they, Utopia she, is an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, and I was like, I haven't listened to it in like years. I don't. Oh, it's to it, it's to overkill. It. I I don't really want to listen to it again. Frankly. I know, but I'm just um, thinking like, oh my god, I'm trying to think back at like how like me listen because I think originally I listened to it without doing anything else because I was like, oh, I want to like soak in this New York album. I really liked the the kind of the concept she was going into it with, but man, just you know, it, it proves that. Just because you're being more ambitious or writing more more music on your album doesn't mean because yeah I mean post is so much shorter and it's also more direct in a way that's why it might be I think it probably is my favorite like I really like homogenic but I think post might be my favorite because I, I, have you listened to Vespertine I don't think so I, I, should, uh, I should is they, I should put they, that in my you, what were you gonna say I should put that in my uh, Bull Moose card I would say. Have it. That that is an album that is worth buying immediately. Like you, you know, like I think sometimes you know you sometimes it's you know kind of a blind purchase, but 
Vespertine is just like I, I think it's Bjork's best album by like a long shot. Nice. And you know, it, I, I think that's saying a lot just considering the quality that she brings to nearly every album that she's ever put out. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. It, it's it's freaking beautiful. And I think Matt Mouse um does a lot of work on it, if I remember right. Oh, that I mean, sold. That that's Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, they, 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 there's some really great tracks on that. Um but let's again return to post yeah Um, but i mean just just to i definitely think that the the poppier kind of dancier and it it, it fluctuates it's not super yeah it's like dancing with quotation marks yeah exactly but i feel like that being a little bit more direct it helped reins in her vocals just a little bit because this is the only album of hers i've heard where by the end i'm not like okay like it's not i feel like her voice isn't wearing me down um, yeah, but I would also say a a big contender for my favorite track has to be "It's Oh So Quiet." I am um, so glad you bring that up because, because I said like I don't. This is like a very niche category of like favorites, but it it might be my most fi- like my all time favorite like out of nowhere song because I mean. This is the first Bjork album I listened to. I had some idea about what she sounded like, but I did not expect like a big, big band, you know, swaggy or like a. It's oh, all so quiet. Yes. It's, it's just all so still. <laughs> yeah. It's just um, like. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's a cover song first of all, but yeah, I mean, it, it it is one hell of a cover song. Yeah. I, uh, w- when I first listened to it, I was so blown away by it. I, I think maybe what makes this album so accessible and so much more I don't want to say listenable because I think every Bjork album is listenable but I think much more um, digestible I guess um, you know and more immediate maybe is probably the best description is, is that there's just a lot of variety in terms of sound on the album like because if you think about it like after this she really like sticks to kind of one central sound per album you know, like yeah. you, you, you got like homogenic that has like those strings, and then it has those really hard beats attached to them. Mm-hmm. And then I think after that is Medulla. No, no, I think Vespertine is after that, which is kind of like dreamy, kind of sounding. Um, let's keep. Oh, let me find. Uh, yeah, Vespertine, and then Medulla, which is all vocals pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, Volta. I'm not really sure. I haven't really listened to Volta. Biophilia, though, is like you know all kind of like earth themed and what have you. Like the she she has a very distinct sound. Part of that I think is because she ends up working pretty much with a different producer or a different set of producers with every album. Like she yeah. rarely um, utilizes the same person twice, uh, which which kind of made Utopia kind of a um, a strange album in her discography because it's like one of the first times like she's worked with the producer twice basically because I think yeah. she worked with Arca on both that's on Volnacura and Utopia um that's, that's if I remember it, it definitely had a that kind of new new age avant-garde electronic vibe to it yeah um, and I think I don't know it, it, I felt like Volnacura was kind of a a career like a spike in her career like she wasn't I think she started to dip a little bit, at least in critical acclaim after Vespertine, and Volnacura really captured people's attention again. And then I think mm. Utopia kind of it dipped. So maybe, I mean, this might go back to our 
expectations conversation a few weeks ago. I wonder, like, what went through her head. I mean, I feel like Bjork wouldn't even really care. Like, Bjork is, is so much doing her own thing. I, I, I think, like, I mean, Bjork's been, you know, been making music and art since she was a child, pretty much. Yeah. You know, so it, it makes me think that, that she's kind of on just a whole other level of, of thinking when it comes to this stuff. Um, it, it doesn't mean that she's infallible, but I, I, I think that there's just a lot more going on than we expect, I think. Because I, I think there are some artists that just, you know, have this vision that they want to get out, uh, you know, and they're willing to just do whatever, it, that like, whatever needs to be done in a way. Whereas I, I think Bjork is, like, willing to sort of take time with her yeah. own like, like she she's oh, she's absolutely. not stuck in that like every other year album cycle type of thing um uh, I, I think part of that is just from sheer success that i i think you know she she gets to call the shots now you know yeah way. for sure uh, but you know it, so yeah they, the, the, this whole album i don't there's just there's so many different sounds going on you know um sometimes it's to the album's detriment i i know that like part of the reason i don't listen to post as much as i could is because of the track isabel um and the funny thing is like because i have like this really bad memory of it for some reason but listening to it again i was like oh this is actually a really good song (laughs) like i i think it's just because like that um that kind of that line you know my name is obel like you know just like doing that over and over and over again i was like okay okay oh interesting yeah um yeah. but I, again really like it's I, I really enjoyed it listening to it again um possibly maybe was was a nice little detour too for me um and i, I did not know that tricky was on this album which is pretty cool oh that um, is cool yeah. yeah, I will say for for me, um, I do wish I feel like the album like I really love the music, but it, it dips a little bit in energy. Like it start it slows down a little bit um, after you know the initial. Uh, Four I mean, again, it, it's not like capital D dance music, but there's definitely a little bit more of a upbeat vibe. Like I think it picks back up with "I Miss You," but. Uh, like it's still really good, but I think just because of the, like even Hyperballad, which is a little bit you know less in your face, intense as Army of Me. Well, I mean, in a different way it, because it, obviously it's intense in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think the the more subdued, um, I don't know, but I mean every every song is. I mean I'm, I'm nitpicking at this point because uh, with each of these I tried to. Uh, because I feel like sometimes I'm either too positive or too negative, so I wanted to just put like a little bit of a, you know, perspective. Yeah, do, 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 like do, the, do the whole compliment sandwich type of thing. Yeah, but but, but that's something I like when when Fantano does classic reviews. Like he he well he won't just you know kiss up to it the entire time. He'll say here's something I don't like. Yeah, you know, I feel like he could still acknowledge that something is a classic while saying like you know here's something you know in hindsight. You yeah, know. I I really respect his uh, uh, Trout Mask Replica uh, kind of review. Yeah, because you know I I think a lot of people have it in their heads that 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 is like the end all be all for Captain Beefheart, and it's really not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know it's it's important to realize that I mean these albums are made by humans, and humans are full of imperfections. Yeah, like, for even sure. Bjork, even though Bjork is just 
very pretty on this album cover. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I always look at this album cover and I'm like, I, I, I'm like, so like, just like in love with her. Whenever I see this album cover, yeah, I'm just like, she, oh, she's she's so adorable. Like, I'm like I wish I was her. <laughs> she is a handsome woman in the best way possible. I think she's I think she's aged well too. I don't know. Like one one of those weird quirky, quirky, music crushes. I'll yeah. say, you, and, and, you you just like, like I think the thing is is you you want Bjork with the with the goose dress. That <laughs> that that that's that that's Scott's thing, you know. I want to bring her to prom just to just to be <laughs> be the guy who took the girl with the swan dress to prom. <laughs> I'm just so, trying to think of like of like what social media type of way you would ask Bjork out to prom, <laughs> Be- because yeah. like, like she she's like, already done like all of the weird performance art stuff, so like you kind of have to go above that somehow, and and somehow and communicate like, to her that and and like impress her enough that she's like okay I'll do it I don't know yeah. if that's a good Icelandic accent but I, I don't I, I, it probably isn't but but I mean. speaking of white animals because I think we're. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think we're pretty much done yeah. with Bjork. And, but, um, but wow, speaking of what the fuck? Yeah, yeah you, you like that segue? Speaking of white animals, our uh. next album is White Pony by Deftones. Which, um, uh, they, you know, before we get into this thing, I just saw this in the news recently that they're doing like a White Pony remix called uh, Black Stallion. I don't really just, like remix albums, but I mean that, that's kind of a that's a fun rebrand. And I'm curious what they're like. So I'm assuming it, it, it's not like the remixing, remastering. Like they're gonna do a bunch of like I, electronic. I don't really know. I only saw the headline because I, I've personally been trying to keep away from music news because um, it's rarely about music anymore. Yeah. Um, and it was it was on Rolling Stone, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna beat myself up for not looking at this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm um, curious. I'll I'll look it up after. Uh, yeah. But uh, but, yeah. I, but obviously you, you've been a, a you know a much bigger and uh, I was gonna say much bigger and longer Deftones fan, but you you've you've liked <laughs> I mean, them for longer. St- still still accurate. Yeah, um, I guess you could pay the message. But you, you want to give a, a a quick rundown of? Uh... Oh, yeah. So I mean, this is like this is Deftones probably the biggest moment I I think maybe in their entire career. Like I think Diamond Eyes. Probably comes a little close to this, but I don't think any but anything has matched the success, like both critical and commercial that White Pony has had. Yeah, um, you know, it was sort of their first album where they kind of felt like they sort of took all of their influences and really put everything forward mm-hmm. instead of just like that heaviest fuck ball like balls of the wall attitude. Um, you know, it's it's that which is still there, but uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot more experimentation. Uh, Frank Delgado it becomes a member of the band with this release, um, and he does a lot of, like turntables, and samples, and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, which end up really adding to this album, especially. Um, you know, so you know, you, you you've got some pretty uh, you know heavy tracks, uh, and I, I'm gonna go off the reissue because the original. Uh, track listing just has uh, Sarah. I, I don't even know how to pronounce that track name I always thought it was like Felicitera for some reason yeah um, but uh, I have the reissue which has uh, Back to School as the first yeah. track which um, f- I, if I remember the story right 
they were asked by the studio, like by uh, by like their label to basically let like be, because they they didn't think that the album really had like an opener, um, so they ended up kind of re you know like back to school is is uh, kind of a reworking of the final track Pink Maggot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I being, think it's really good. Bit, yeah, it ended up being like the biggest single on the album, or one of the biggest yeah. singles. Uh, I think "Change so. in the House of Flies" is probably the biggest out of yeah. there, probably. But yeah, so you, you've just you've you've got a lot of really interesting variations that all again like have this very cohesive core to them that you know just still those pummeling Stephen Carpenter guitars. You know, the screaming Chino vocals, you know, uh, cheese bass. You got Abe Cunningham's awesome drumming, um, especially on, like, um, Digital Bath and uh, Our yeah. Queen are, are probably the yeah. two biggest ones I can think of when it comes to uh, Abe Cunningham's drumming. But, um, you know, with that, you've just got a lot of these new sounds. So, like, Digital Bath is probably the biggest. Uh, it's, it's probably, I mean, not the biggest, but, like, definitely the first taste of it if you're listening to this album in full. You know, you, you've got a lot of these, like, really washy synths, and, like, it the, the, the song really lives up to its name. It really feels yeah. like a digital bath. Um, you know, then you got, let's see, um, Teenager is, like, kind of, like, a foray into trip-hop-ish type yeah. of stuff. I, I, I think it's a really cool uh, track. Um, I mean, I, I really love every single track on here. Uh, Knife Party was probably my favorite track in high school when I was listening to this album, like, mm-hmm. obsessively. Um, like, I remember I actually wrote a story based on the song. Um, which, I, I for, for for reference, uh, a knife party is actually, like, a party where they're all injecting cocaine. Um, just in case anybody's curious. I didn't know. I don't have a, a long history yeah. of cocaine or any history, yeah. honestly. So. Uh, well, because I so I interpreted it literally as like, oh, people are bringing knives to this party and they're cutting themselves, and I'm like, okay, that that's a very angsty thing to happen, yeah, <laughs> and like almost believable. But then I looked it up and it's like, oh no, it's cocaine. It's all about yeah. the cocaine. Um, I mean, I think White Pony is a, is either cocaine or heroin. That's a a, a nickname for her. yeah. Oh yeah, the, so, the, the, this thing is like full of drug references. I mean, yeah. Korea, like, which is interesting because well, I don't, I don't know if I paint them as like a druggy band. Um, I, I don't think so. But I, I mean, you know, Chino does have a history of substance abuse, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, like I know Saturday Night Wrist, he was pretty heavy into heroin. Um, I, I believe. Um, but. Yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of oh, and uh, don't forget passenger that has uh, a Maynard from Tool on yeah. vocals uh, during the the chorus. Um, yeah, it just makes for it, it's 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 a very interesting listen overall. I, you know, and it's it's one that's grown with me a lot um, because it, like I think I always used to get bored with the final track, Pink Maggot, mm-hmm. but. Nowadays, I really love the track. Like, I, I, I just, I love how much space it has and how much, like, they kind of play out the song and just, mm-hmm. le- like, I don't know if you remember it much, but at the beginning, there, there's, like, just, like, Stephen Carpenter playing this riff, and then you hear, like, Chino just, like, sighing. There's, like, this hissing 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's it's very atmospheric. Like I just love how they're able to add to that atmosphere. Uh, oh, they, it should probably also be added that uh, Chino plays rhythm guitar. I think for the first time on this album, which he ends up doing that for the rest of the band's career. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I guess I, I kind of want to turn it over to you because we you know we've talked about Deftones a lot um, here, but we I don't think we've ever really talked about White Pony. So. Yeah, actually, after we, we talked about Diamond Eyes, uh, like a month ago at this point, um, I went back and listened to their back catalog for, I mean, I, I've listened to every Deftones album at least once, but it, it had been quite a while, well, I think, I think I've listened to the, the newer ones, I don't remember them as much, but um, I, I'm not a huge fan, I don't really like Adrenaline. Um, yeah, I I, 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 Adrenaline's kind of like a... Uh kind of a misstep um and board is a cool song fire engine number nine is is pretty good yeah um there's another song there's a couple really good songs off of adrenal but it most part it's it's very um it's very raw and i I, yeah i think it's it's deftones trying to be their most new metal kind of exactly and it it doesn't really pay off because you know they're they're a band who like really wears their influence on their sleeves in like a really good way like it, it they, they aren't ripping their influences off they're able to sort of steal from their influences and create something new from it in yeah like a really really awesome way so exactly and uh i, th- I think it definitely around the fur it hit me better but it's still it, it just it, it wasn't it just, I, I think you're right on that it was finally with White Pony. Because I'd love, um, oh my god, I'll Be Quiet and Drive Far Away. Like, I love that song on yeah. Around the Fur. But for whatever reason, and I think what it clicked with me is I don't really like Chino's, I don't know if you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about, like kind of the mid, like his middle of the road vocals. When he's like, you da da. Like, when he does that, I don't know if you're getting what I'm but uh do, do you have a couple of like lyrics examples you, um, you, you don't have to sing it but uh there was I, one I, track I, i'm of, trying to think i mean mainly the way he sings on felicitera and that was a weird thing is because on the cd version of white pony i have um it says the back to school is the first song but i was getting confused because as i was writing notes i was like this, is, this doesn't sound right because like when i was writing notes for digital bath i'm like i, I don't remember it sound like i don't remember it sounding because um, I think uh, I, I thought Felicitera was Digital Bath because it, the tracks were shifted oh, but okay. um, it was like I'm not really sure that happened but anyway um, I was worried because Felicitera played first and he sings in a very he doesn't do the whispery stuff he doesn't do like yeah. kind of the, the pensive he doesn't do like I love when he screams like on um, uh, Elite Yes, Elite. Oh my yeah. God, Elite. Which I didn't realize that won a Grammy. Good, good yeah. for them. Which is really um, interesting that, that like out of all the tracks on this thing, Elite won a Grammy. Which yeah. don't get me wrong, I, I love the track. I'm just surprised that something like Change, you know, didn't get it. Instead, yeah, like I mean, it, honestly, a in general, like I'm a, I'm a little surprised that uh, Deftones won in general. Like I'd expect something a little bit more mainstream. But also, yeah, like of all the songs that they would have nominated, I, I didn't expect that. But yeah. yeah, as soon as Digital Bath hit, like you hit the nail on the head, um, they they just found that niche. They found that middle ground. Um, like you said, like 
they didn't feel the need to be like there's really nothing on here that I would I would say maybe elite because it has like the, the the jump the you know jump the fuck up riffs, but yeah, even I mean, then it doesn't it doesn't really f- inhale screaming like the entire time. Yeah, thing, but, but even then it doesn't really feel like a new metal song. Uh, if nah. they, they definitely they start carving their own path. Uh, I mean honestly, just echo everything you said. I think the only songs I don't really love. Street Carp, I don't love Flip. Street Carp is, is a difficult like like the, that chorus where he's like, you know, here's my new address. Like yeah. I, I I always hated that. <laughs> and like yeah. I, I actually enjoy it a little more now, but that might be out of nostalgia. Cause I'm just so used to this here and like, here's my new address, six six four one. Oh, I forget. You know? Just Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but but yeah, uh I mean Think, yeah, there's only you know, a couple songs that don't um, don't vibe with me, mainly because of the way like that mid. I'll have to find a clip and share it with you because it just it's almost like he like it, da, it, da, it, da, it's da, it's da, like he's sing talking. Yeah, like it's it's not my favorite, but in general, I, I the, oh, the balance. Right. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, you, you, you just kind of sang that that little verse. Yeah, from right? Yeah, like I, that, that's not. But everything else is great, and I love the the amount of variety on here. I forgot, like the the main riff on RX Queen. It's almost like a I wrote down neo noir post punk, like the down <laughs> now 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 now. Like that's that's not exactly Excuse right. Excuse me, that, that that's post breakdown core you know, avant garde <laughs> influenced metal. I know metal but fuck. It, I don't know. It, it sounded like the the soundtrack to like a. a, a a cool new like updated noir film that would have come out like in the early 2000s like some guy spent you know the, the money his parents gave him to go to college to write a script and like he commissioned deftones to i could see this. that like i, I don't know I, and i mean I, that in the best I, way possible queen is a great track man no i i love it and i yeah. love that riff is just so cool um see I, I i never hear that riff for some reason like i always i always hear the uh the drums more. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I, I just loved like the, those drums, man. Like, like that that beat is just really good. And like same thing with the the chorus. Like that's probably what I remember the most about that track is is just you know because you're my girl and that's all right, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. definitely the, the electronic elements. There's uh, you know you mentioned teenager um, and then obviously d- digital bath. You know, yeah. There's you know a little bit more, but I have to say. I would be very curious. To, I mean, this is never going to happen. To hear a Maynard fronted Deftones album because he sounds really good on Passenger. Like I, I think it's a great collab. I love when, when they have yeah. some interplay. But just the way his vocals sound, it's so like it just sounds so right. But it's also so different. Like it's weird not hearing because he he has a big role in that track. Like yeah. usually, like like you know when you saw that you expect. He was gonna come on and sing for a tiny bit, but like when he really takes the the center stage, it's just a really really cool feature. Um, oh yeah, and like um, I remember there was a time when I I want to say that Dillinger Escape Plan and Deftones were touring together, and uh, Greg Greg Pucciato would come on for Passenger. Oh, or that's it's like really something cool. like that. I I also remember I think I think they did it was either Dillinger did it or Deftones did it or maybe both did it at some point, but. A cover of uh, uh, Depeche Mode's "Behind the Wheel." Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, because Chino's a big Depeche Mode fan, so yeah, they uh, they have some. Actually, speaking of um, 
speaking of, uh, we were talking about the cars beforehand. Uh, the the cover they did of, um, I think, Who's Gonna Drive You Home? I don't know if that's the name of the song. Yeah, it, it, it's on there uh, on that acoustic B-sides and rarities thing. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not a huge covers fan, but, like, I, I thought they did an amazing job, like, making that their own, but still, you know, honoring the, uh, kind of, like, the, the core tenets of the track, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess they'll, they'll just to summarize, White Pony is just a really, really great, um, and it, it it makes sense that this helped launch the because I could see this appealing to new metal fans, but also like people who are you know maybe turn their nose at new metal, they're like, huh, this is like it kind of fits in there, but obviously they've they've always done their own own thing. Exactly, they, they they've always been like. I don't know, to, to me, like, I, I don't know, I remember reading this summer that, like, somebody wrote that, like, Deftones are, like, pretty much the only band that have been able to shake off the new Metal label. Yeah. And, like, th- th- that's just very, it's very apt. Like, you know, you, you, you can hear that influence almost anywhere in their catalog, but at the same time, you know, it's, 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 it's not the forefront of what they do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only other band I could think of is maybe Slipknot, but I think that they stopped being a new metal band pretty quickly. Like after, after, like with their sophomore album Iowa, they they definitely they shifted away from the the rapping and whatnot. Became like, mm. I mean, I hate this, but like an oh. American, like the new wave of American metal, like they became part of that. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, I, I can kind of see that. Uh, which, yeah. yeah, I'm not a big fan of that label either. Um, but yeah. um, I, I'm also on uh, that. Rolling Stone article about Black Stallion. Yeah. Um, and apparently it says um, it will feature all new remixes of the tracks, each rendered by a different producer, which is kind of a cool idea. Um, and they kind of. Um, oh, DJ Shadow is going to be contributing to at okay. least one track on it, apparently, which is really cool. Um, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Uh, they also said Uncle as like an influential group on them during that era, but that isn't... They haven't confirmed Uncle, which is kind of fine with me. But huh. I would really like to hear, like... You, you know what be really cool is actually Nicholas Jar. To, yeah, to, to, cool. to do, like, a remix. Uh, but hopefully not, like, one of those, um, you know, uh, against all logic type of things. Like, not, not like a house remix, but, like... Yeah. Really, no, like, I, totally I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm, I'm very kind of... Okay, I, I hate it. I'm kind of mixed on remixed, like, remix <laughs> albums. I know, I know. I hate myself. Um, it, just, like, it's not... Like, I feel like a lot of the remixes that usually come out aren't very good. Or, like, that... Like, I, I feel like what a remix is supposed to do is, you know, reinterpret the song in a new way and sort of portrayed in a new, like a new light, but it ends up yeah. like sometimes just feeling like the same song, just like kind of like vaguely chopped and screwed. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I remember there was, um, I don't know if you if you remember this one, this, when this was really big, but um, I think Eminem did a remix of uh, the Hills by the weekend. And oh, interesting. Uh, I, I always thought it was a shitty remix. Um, oh, I mean, I could totally see that feeling, but it's just the, the, the idea of that is interesting. Yeah, like, because it, it, it was like a cool idea, but I'm like, it really didn't, it, it just felt like Eminem just like kind of like added a verse to it. 
Like uh, it really, it, it just it, it just cool, didn't. Yeah. It, it just felt very half-hearted, which I mean, I guess is makes sense for Eminem nowadays. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's kind of kind of fits the theme at this point. So yeah. Uh, okay. If but if we're gonna have bad segues, speaking of half-hearted artists in their later years. And speaking of artists who often use the letter R to talk about uh-huh. to, to name oh, their that, albums, that, that that's even worse, man. Yeah, that's that's I, not that's I, not I, my. I got to work on my bad segues. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I, I will. Do, do you have anything else to say with White Pony? No. Yeah, right. I mean, I think I think we covered. It. I think like the, yeah. um, kind of what this album is in their discography is is really really important. Both Justin. Um, you know, like like opening them up to a wider audience and just helping them um, cement them, you know, cement the trajectory they always kind of hinted at going towards. Yeah. So okay, so our next album, um, I I just want to open with with some lyrics. I think you probably know what I'm gonna say. Uh, nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, marijuana, ecstasy, <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're talking about Queens of the Stone Age as rated R, uh, yeah. which. It also turns 20, along with White Pony, which we should have probably said it earlier, but um, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, where to even start with Radar? I, I mean, I fucking love this album. I, I, I love Queens of the Stone Age. Um, they're one of those bands that I just, like, got into, uh, like, about, like, five years ago, and I just never looked back. Um, ignore the dog, if you can hear him. He's um, excited, too. Yeah, he's excited. He's a really big Queens of the Stone Age fan, too. <laughs> you, you would be surprised. He loves Josh Homme. Um I guess where do you even start? I, so, uh, Queens of the Stone Age is a band started by Josh Homme, who was probably best known before this as the lead guitarist of the band Caius. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was uh, sort of Josh Homme taking a new, sort of like, almost like an alt-rock direction towards that kind of like stonery sound um it's it, it, it's almost like a it's i don't know it, 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 it they're a very strange band because like like they're, they're really tough to kind of describe because like you, you've got like some really rip-roaring like cock rock going on throughout this album and throughout most of their stuff but there's also like this very artistic edge to everything that they do as yeah. well um, you know, like for example, in this album, like you know, you've got "Feel Good Hit of the Summer," which is an awesome, awesome song, totally rip roaring good time. But then the last art of keeping a secret, which is the tr- the the track following that, has like some you know, uh, they have a little bit of uh, like bells going on. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. I, I, like I marimba or virophone. Yeah, it, it, it was like. It was like a marimba-ish type of thing. Uh, but the only thing is marimba has more of like a wooden timbre to it. So I, yeah. I'm thinking of like, you know, vibraphone almost. But, yeah. But you, you can't really hear the, the, the tremolo on it. But, you know, it, so you have that. I think, I want to say on Lego Lamb, there's uh, a little bit of like saxophone even. Uh, but I could be wrong. Um, let me look at this. This, this Yeah, that was right. Bar- baritone sax is on uh, Lost Art of Keeping a Secret, actually. Um, the, the, they always include like a lot of these really just some, some interesting additions to their instru- like to their songs to really kind of uh, fill out 
the mix almost and it ends up really making the track so much fuller uh you know in terms of you know both production wise and just right like just writing wise and performance wise yeah um yeah it, but but through it all you have just like this like really singular guitar tone that like I, it's probably my favorite thing about josh homie is just like like he manages to get this tone dialed in that is just fucking perfect yeah like it, it really just hits the spot every time for me uh because it, it is just like ready to scream at a moment and it just it just works really well but um I want to turn it over to you because you have never listened to Queens of the Stone Age before, right? Oh yeah, I mean I've I um I think back when I listened to singles, I had Little Sister. Uh, I've heard a, you know a number of the songs off uh, Songs of the Deaf. Um, yeah. So I don't think I've ever listened to a full Queens of the Stone Age album, but I'm definitely familiar with their music. I've always liked their music. I don't know why I've never listened to a full release, but I don't know either. Um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, in keeping with my weird descriptions for albums, uh, my dumb up for, my dumb overall like TLDR description of this is it's everything I love about a straight up rock album, except it's not bad or boring. Like it's exactly what I it's exactly what I look for a rock record because if you listen to mainstream rock, like it definitely these both are cut from the same cloth. But oh yeah, I don't know why mainstream rock needs to be boring. Like the riffs are super simple. Like everything is just super one note and dry. Like what one of the best things Radar has going for it is they don't lose any of that fun rock energy. They don't lose anything that you love about just like fun summer like desert rock stoner rock whatever yeah. uh, or just hard, hard rock but it just it does they still are able to be creative they're still able to be a little bit artistic like that just it boggles my mind about mo- like really popular modern rock it's like why is this so boring like even yeah. when, when you know josh does like a subtle like you know he doesn't just do like sliding chords he does actual like some flourishes that are still like not super like technical but still like it adds some intrigue to it and just track after track on this thing this honestly was um well the the fourth album we're going to talk about i was i was got me most hyped but i was i had a great fucking time with this whole thing yeah uh, the interesting thing is uh it almost felt too short to me like really I to, because i i when i looked at the track list beforehand i knew that there was a reprise or reprise whatever yeah um and I mean, so like, it, it, so, it's a very small reprise, but yeah, but like you know, when I saw that it started playing, I was like, oh, like you know, like, I recognized that you know I saw that from the track list. So I went to check, and I was like, oh my god, we're almost done, because I was like, I yeah. was having such, I was having such a good like. I don't mean that negatively, like that it was too short, but like I was like, oh my god, I wish there was more. I See, wish there was more music. I I, I felt like. I feel like the, if this album has a flaw, which I you know I'm I I think all albums have their flaws. It's just like, I don't know, for some reason this isn't as big of a deal with me, but I feel like there's, um, I don't know, so the last track, I think I lost my headache, just mostly is this this one riff that just keeps getting repeated over and over again. It's this very dizzying, kind of druggy kind of riff that ends up being taken over by uh, a bunch of brass instruments uh, and getting like really just like out of sorts. Uh, in a really mm-hmm. awesome way but the thing is like it just in a way it sometimes doesn't feel like a track to me and I don't know if you notice this but they actually take that riff and they repeat that a couple times uh, I think in a previous song I want to say it was Tension Head but I'm not 
totally sure because I don't always I don't really look at track listings a whole lot mm-hmm. when I'm um, listening to like a full album. Uh, but yeah, so it was like it was that type of thing that sometimes gets me. Um, like it like it sometimes feels like there's less music than there actually is. Mm-hmm. Is it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, that being yeah. said, though, I, I really like it. I, I fucking love like this. I, I love this band and like just because I, I think like so I, like basically to, to 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 go way back to wind the clock, if you will. Like my my first big musical moment was hearing like the second half of Back in Black. Like and I'm oh, nice. specifically talking about the track Back in Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on like my sister's stereo, just randomly one summer day, and I was so blown away by how heavy it was because I I just never listened to anything that heavy before. Yeah, and um, you know, so like I, I think since then I've just had like a really big love for just like really just like like hot rod rock kind of. Yeah, that, that, I'm, that, I'm that's s- just like yeah, like it, it, like and these guys do it so well. I'm so glad you used that term because that was I wrote down like motor rock for yeah <laughs> for like the, the well, first it's, song. It's just like you know how like like certain I honestly picture certain moods. I think I honestly picture the opening scene to like the first Rock Band game where like everyone's playing on the back of that truck in the desert. Oh yeah, and yeah. like that's just like I think just them you know you know obviously maybe not playing but just like blaring music while driving through the you know really hot weather yeah. like I just and it's so good and you're totally right I love the contrast because it was so you know you got um you know feel good hit of the summer and it's like you know super like motor rock like yeah this is awesome and then the lost art of keeping a secret is so much more subtle so much more subdued but still has such a fun awesome vibe and the fact that oh, they're yeah. back to back and they and flow like fucking autopilot like, like yeah, they it, it's just like blistering. Like like you 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 feel like the skin being like peeled off of your face because you're going so fast down the highway. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's just so many. I, I felt like I was writing something about every song, but like yeah. quick to the quick to the point list. Like those unhinged vocals are amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. I, th- 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 that's Nick Oliveri, who was also I, I think he was the bassist for Caius. Yeah, he was. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, but but, um, but yeah, I mean, I I kind of liked. I actually really liked. I think I lost my headache. I liked. To me, it felt like Lightning Song was this like really beautiful, nice, like fitting, like finale. But then I think I lost my headache was like the weird. Like after they finished the the set, they came on and did like a really weird um, encore. Where they just yeah. came on and said like "fuck it," we're just gonna you know we're gonna do whatever I want. Oh, d- d- don't get want. me wrong, I, I I like it a lot. I I just think that like it almost falls into the category of like non-song in a way. Yeah, towards if, the end. I mean, if that d- makes only any sense. especially for me because I wasn't really not that it's super crazy, but like definitely the the brass and like when the sax gets really crazy, that's not like exactly what you're going to the record for. Like I thought it was a nice surprise, but definitely it was like okay i guess we're yeah, i guess I, we're doing this now uh, it, it's super cool which um it's yeah. funny you, you know like while we're still have the idea of this whole car theme in our mind uh mm-hmm. their next album songs for the deaf is actually like uh, a whole concept album that's supposed to be like you're taking a car ride through california 
Oh, cool. Yeah, so, like, if you listen to the first track on it, um, uh, well, technically it's, uh, you, you think I ain't worth a dollar, but I feel like a millionaire, which is one yeah, of my oh, favorite that, Queens of Stone Age songs. That's a great song. Oh, my God. Nick Oliveri's vocals are just so good on that. Yeah. Uh, but if you remember, the beginning of it is, is, like, this radio station. You can hear the car door opening and closing and things like that. And, you know, the radio station change as you go in. Like mm-hmm. as the album goes on, and it's super cool. Um, yeah, it it's like I I, I don't know. Like, can we just talk about this for a sec? That I, how there are certain genres that give off like certain images. Like, yeah. For jazz, it, it's always been like the smoky bar room for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, uh, but 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 then you know for rock, it's just like, you know, guitar heroes on stage. Yeah, or, and and or just like the coolest, sickest like car you know going a hundred miles an hour, you know, like exactly, like, exactly. I, 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 like and, and to be fair, like and not not all rock and not all jazz is gonna live up to those images, but like I I, I just love thinking like like it, it's almost like uh it's, it's like the quintessence of of that genre in a way or at least that specific sound, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I'm really glad you enjoyed this because I I love Queens of the Stone Age. Like, they're one of those bands that like whenever I see one of their albums, I just pretty much just pick it up now. Um, yeah. I actually haven't listened to their newest one because uh, it's it's not supposed to be great. Um, it's supposed to be kind of like lackluster, all things mm-hmm. considered. Um, but I also think that that's possibly because um, like Clockwork, which preceded their latest album villains um was kind of like a new high for them because uh after songs for the deaf they came out with lullabies to paralyze and era vulgaris which are both like i i actually think they're really good albums i i think they're mm-hmm. really underrated all things considered uh, but they definitely weren't as well received because I, I think they were a little more out there and kind of like experimental um so yeah it, it's you know kind of what happens i guess um yeah but yeah so like so to to follow up like clockwork it was probably a really tough feat um and i think also i'm pretty sure that um i remember right that so because josh homie is part of uh the eagles of death metal as well mm-hmm. yeah uh who infamously were you know around uh, at the uh, the Bataclan shooting in uh, in Paris in 2015. Yes, and uh, you know, just I I don't know if you watched the they they, they actually did an interview with Josh Homme and Jesse Hughes. Yeah, um, it was tough. I mean, like that's that's a horrifying thing to. Oh my god! I mean, just just the the video was just like it was. Yeah, like 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 it it sent shivers down my spine just watching it just. Mm-hmm. like make having them having to relive that again um you know but i i think that that experience i i feel like had some sort of effect on josh homie mm-hmm. in a way like you know I, I how could it not almost but i i feel like it influenced villains to a certain extent um, yeah for sure but I, I i could be reading into it i'm not really sure um, no, I think that's plausible for sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, any final words about this? Because yeah, I, I don't really have any 
anything else. I think this is just such a fun album. Um, just if you've never listened to Queens of the Stone Age and you like just hard rock, uh, this is such a great album. Yeah, I, I mean, this is. I really am sad that I didn't listen to this. Yeah, I mean, because... I, I I probably like songs for the deaf more, but this is still such a really good album. So yeah, I mean, this is awesome. So really, really glad that I finally gave. And now, because I mean, I've I've heard all the the big songs from Songs for the Deaf. Obviously, you think I ain't worth a dollar. No yeah. one knows. Uh, go with the flow. <laughs> Gotta um, go with the flow. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's it. Those are those are the big ones. But you, you, I also I you, you, know, you know that they did a uh, a cover of uh, Going Out West. The, the, no. the Tom Waits song, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's a very faithful cover though. So it's it's I mean, you know, <laughs> take 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 from it what you will. Yeah. Uh, sweet. So, yeah. So let's get to our last album. Which why don't you open us up because you are definitely more uh, knowledgeable of this band that I am. Yeah, for sure. And uh, speaking of the devils, uh, of the desert, the devils, speaking of the desert, uh, one of the animals native to the desert is the burring <laughs> owl. And speaking of owls, there's an owl on the cover of this next <laughs> album. Fucking and it is, it is the, it is the self, <laughs> the self-titled debut album from Cabeller Talk. They, this is a Norwegian <laughs> band. Uh, when they debuted, they had like a million members. <laughs> can, can, can we just do like a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon now for like every album that we do? We should. No, I, th- th- this has been fun. It's gotten more ridiculous as we've gone. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, they. this was a band that actually, while this album tech, I mean, it literally came out in June 2010. I looked up the actual months. It, it actually curious. came out yesterday. So literally 10 years, like 10 years and one day ago. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, it, it technically came out, again, it literally came out June 2010, but it really didn't get wide, it didn't really catch on until 2011, because, and this is interesting, I feel like this isn't a thing anymore, but it was released in Europe and kind of the rest of the world in June 2010. Yeah. And then it, it was either re-released or, like, actually saw the official North American release in 2011. So. And I feel like nowadays that's just, that's just not a thing. Like, that yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, it, it's, it, part of that is because of just, you know, internet. Being, oh, for yeah, for sure. Being a very like uh, globalizing force, because exactly. um, you know before before sort of the information age, you know if you were an uh, were a band in Europe or the United States, whatever, and you wanted to put out an album in a different country, if you wanted to get it released, you would you would often have to actually sign to a label that was in that country, yeah, for distribution. So. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's a very interesting remnant of it. Like, it's crazy. It was only ten years ago, but nowadays, like, you would never. I, I just feel like you would never see that. Like, I can't remember I, I, a, a recent example. Yeah, I I, I did know that uh, Kurt Ballou, uh produced this, by the way. Yeah, it was it was, it was produced cool. by um, you know here in 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 Mass or like here yeah. in the U.S. Actually, uh, which, which is even I mean, more interesting. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It really fits with the whole, like, you know, like, Baisley did the cover. Like, it fits with the whole kind of Death Wish Converge core kind of thing. Which is interesting, because that's kind of what I thought... Because it came out around a time where there were a lot of bands in that niche. And I thought that it was just going to be another Converge clone. And it was interesting, because a lot of, like, Dave Grohl was really high on this album. Uh, I think even... Mm. 
I think Metallica, like someone in Metallica might have been. There was another big metal band that was really into this. And it was weird because um, when I pressed play on it, I was like, this is not this is not what I expected at all. And it, it yeah. ended up really growing on me. Um, the one thing I'll say is that I think that reading into it, you know, when, when I did, uh, this is, it is a mix, I would say, you know, best to slow down of black metal, hardcore punk, and rock and roll. I will say that I think the black metal aspect was played up a little bit yeah. by because it, it's there. There are some songs where you can hear it, but really, primarily, it's in the vocals. And it, it mainly, I mean, I, I think you could hear it to a degree on almost every song, but it, it, usually it's a, you know, it's like a subtle accent, or maybe there's like a, they throw a blast beat in or, or whatever, but. Um, I think that that is really my only negative is I do think and I don't think that was the band's fault I think like the, the marketing PR yeah. and like journalists really oversold um, but the music here I mean I literally have uh, a note for every song because every time I revisit it I, I just I forget how much I, I love it I just I love how I love how fun this is like they, they just they have so much fun without being goofy which I feel like is a really difficult um balance it, a strike it is it's really tough especially um, especially in, in metal I think as metal being such a serious genre you usually have like either you know like super serious super like into ourselves or or you have Devin uh, Townsend yeah or you have, you have like people who are like <laughs> almost like actively trying to be comedy metal like and there's obviously Gore. people in between <laughs> yeah exactly but no I mean I I just to quickly rattle off some of my my highlights um Man, I just I love the gang vocals throughout, especially kind of like the the cleaner gang vocals in, in a way. I'm trying, what, what songs are those on? On uh, Sultans of Satan and Uthred Die Svak. I'm not gonna pronounce any of this correctly. Yeah. I just love the um, Sultans the of Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the, the only track in English, and it, it's like something silly like that. Well, I mean, I I I think it's you know uh, Dire Straits reference. Yeah. But but I, but I think you know the, the riffs on this I, I love pretty much I mean all of them I think are great they weave in acoustic guitar really well but my all time favorite um, moments there too on uh, Blood Tours the stop start loud quiet guitar dynamics where like it, the music cuts out and then the the you know the, the lead vocalist screams then it comes roaring back in. That gets me every time. But my all-time favorite moment, and you, you have you can only experience this on with headphones, but it's on Ofernot. It's it's kind of like what I call a circle of guitars. Like in the middle of the track, like everything will cut off, cut out, except you'll hear one guitar in your right headphone, and then you'll hear guitars in both headphones, and then you'll hear it guitar in your left headphone. And it's like it's really because they had three guitars at the time. I don't know if they do anymore, but like it really felt like you had that full group like doing a you, column response it, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I, if you don't mind me just um sidetracking for a second because yeah. um i was when i was listening to rated r i was listening to it on headphones which i don't think i've ever done before um and there are some interesting parts of that album that like have some interesting stereo mixes like there's I, there's one song where like it fades into like your left basically so like it fades out through the left headphone and then the next track ends up fading in through the right yeah <laughs> which was just like so cool uh even though I'm, I'm not the biggest you know i'm, I'm definitely more of a mono um 
over stereo person. Yeah, like it's really cool when they use it. I mean, obviously, I, I don't like mono. Like I remember the first time I heard uh, a jazz album recorded in mono, and I had one headphone in, and I was like, "This sounds really like bad. Like, what's going on?" And then I put in the left headphone, and was like, "Oh, you, you okay. mean in stereo?" It's stereo. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I I like when bands play with it, just not you know record. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I love every song in this. I you know this was just such a cool, cool album, you know to the, what they were able to achieve. Again, I, I, but at the same time, I don't I don't know if I really would want the black metal. I because I think Licktorn near the back half of the album is probably the most black metal song. Like the beginning is it sounds probably as close to a black metal song as they ever wrote, and it just wasn't as good as. Like they're kind of rock and roll meets hard parkour punk kind of thing, and then in the latter half they have like this really big arena rock hard rock riff, and they really go like lean more into that side of their sound. So I'm kind of glad that they, you know, they use it as an accent on most of the album and don't try to really ham fist them all together and balance them equally. I really like that they take a little bit from each side and make something new. Mm. Uh, but I'm really because I don't, I don't think you'd ever listen to this album before. I'm I'm super curious what you think. Yeah, um, so I, I feel like I should go into this first of all, because uh, when this came out, I think we were, I, I think we had just met up in like high school, like near the end of high school. Um, I, I think I'm, so, I think that's all right. And I'm trying to remember when we really, because I remember you getting really into this album, and I, yeah. I remember giving it like, maybe like five minutes of a listen, <laughs> not even, <laughs> you know, w- w- which was kind of my go my, my, my normal thing at the time that you know i was a judgmental prick uh like just oh, just itching to be a judgmental prick so um you know so i really didn't give this album a whole lot of uh time i didn't really give it much of a chance and i think part of it is like you know part of it is like how sort of the metal press really fawned over this thing um uh, you know kind of bugged me but also, like, I just found the concept of black and roll to be kind of like, kind of lame, in a way. Like it, it's it, like it's just like, oh, so you're basically doing what Entomb did, like you know, two decades <laughs> ago. But 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 somehow you're doing it differently. But you're yeah. not. And so it's like, I I always thought it was kind of like fucky, kind of to, to just fucky. like to, yeah, to just like on like a conceptual. What a, level. what a, what a great word, fucky. I, fucky is one of my favorite words. Just when like, you like you can't find like the insult, you're like you know what it's fucky. It's fucky. Like, like I don't know, it's just like uh, when something isn't working right, it's fucky. Like yeah, oh, uh, that's funny. So yeah, so so like I never really gave this thing a fair chance, and like you know so um. I don't even know how we got this down because I, I think I was just looking through um, albums from each year. Uh, yeah, just because for, it's it's crazy to think this is ten years. Like, I, it's just it doesn't feel ten years old to me. Well, I what I mean is that like I, I I ended up coming across this you know like putting this down because I knew you liked it. Yeah. And seeing it on rate your music, and so you know I I didn't I really didn't think much about it at the time, but you know now that we listen to it, um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Actually, you really I, like it? I, no, I, I'm just kidding. I fucking loved it, man. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, if no. you didn't, that's that's cool. But no, no, it, it, I like from basically from from like the minute I hit play, I was just really digging this thing. Yeah. Like it, it, 
you know, because I, I again, you, you really like I, I think they, they definitely overemphasize like the, the press, the marketing for this album really overemphasized sort of the black and roll yeah. type of thing that was going on. When like I, I feel like there's a lot of like hardcore punk that I think, you know, which which I would argue makes up kind of the biggest structure of it. Like it's it's sort of like the linchpin of the entire band. I would mm-hmm. argue, um, you know, I, th- th- that whole part just kind of goes unemphasized, and so like you know, but listening to it was just oh, so much fucking fun, man. Like yeah, it, like you really you hit the nail right on the head with like just this album being just fun fun rock album a fun metal album at the same time you know without verging into like self-parody yeah Uh, like it's it's just enjoying itself you know not taking itself too seriously um but which i i think kind of makes the album cover kind of a uh kind of misleading even though it's a beautiful album cover um yeah, I'd say all, all their album covers are well, except the, the newest one. As we've talked before, I, I'm not as huge a fan of the newest one, but yeah, th- that's that's why it, it's it's kind of cool this got as popular as it did because I don't think the marketing did it any services. Like, a they played up the black metal aspect when it wasn't really as big a deal as you know it, you know they made it seem, and also the album cover definitely gives you like that converge core kind of vibe. Or, yeah. or like a sludge metal, like yeah, you're totally. Right. They they could have served. I mean, the second album kind of has birds shitting everywhere, <laughs> which is kind of like the album cover. But I mean, again, it's in a Basley style, so even that looks beautiful. So, but anyway, <laughs> I, I I never really realized now that I'm looking at all the bird shit. Oh, oh no. Yeah, um, see, that's that's the thing is like Basley is just such a beautiful artist that um, you you don't notice it, but you're like, oh yeah, they're just like shitting everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, just the, from the music though, I I fucking enjoyed the hell out of this. This was yeah. just like like I I need to I, I'm honestly probably when we're done recording this episode, I'm probably just gonna end up buying this through like Bull Moose or something because I I just like I think this is just an album that I need to have a copy of because I think it's just perfect driving music. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was just, like, it really blew all my expectations out of the water. Not not to say that I really had any expectations, like, positive or negative to begin with. Like, I was just mm-hmm. listening to it to listen to it, kind of, so we'd have something to talk about during this section. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was just, like, I, that's the thing is, I only listened to it once, so, you know, I kind of wanted to listen to it a few more times, probably, I should, probably should have, just so I could know more of the tracks mm-hmm. but like i honestly i kind of didn't care because it was just like you know l- 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 like who gives a shit almost like it's yeah. just like you're, you're just rocking out to this shit like you know this is uh-huh. th- this is something that that like you know if, if if i had known about this as like you know a kid like who would just like listen to acdc i did like like i i would have just like lost my mind and just like <laughs> you know immediately get like you know cavell attack tattoo or something like that you know <laughs> just gone all stupid um <laughs> just it, because like, like the, it, it just hits it hits the right places for me that's just like you know just mm, like I, it's tough to describe it's just sort of that queens of the stone age rock feeling that like driving that car up to 65 miles an hour and then going way past that hitting 90 
you know yeah. it, it's it, it just it has that but it has just such a harder edge to it than queens of the stone age ever had and like it's just it works so well like like neither neither element feels like it's overtaking the other um uh, which is a really like it's it's really tough to do that like mm-hmm. you know because like you, you know like like i think of like black and death metal bands and like it always feels like they're always on one side or the other and i feel like they're usually more on, on the death metal side of things that like yeah it's more like you know because again blackened death metal it's not like it's black death or like death doom or what have you yes where it's like like it's it doesn't really feel like a hybrid of the two genres uh-huh and so you know it, it it's cool to see these elements being fused so perfectly absolutely i, yeah. I mean i i it's i also had that you know from play like you know as soon as i pressed play this wasn't what i expected to hear back when i because i bought it just off of the strength of everyone talking about it i mean you're totally right at the, at the time this was like the uh, I, I think the year this came out it wasn't clear whether anything else would come out other than ghost opus eponymous oh yeah this album like just th- these two were the the bell the ball i'm actually gonna look this up now because uh wait you think 2011 Literally. yeah because I, this even though it came out in 2010 it really it really hit home here in 2011 yeah um, i, I want to see uh sort of where what what the best metal albums of that year were? Uh, Leprous is bilateral was up there. Oh yeah, that's true. Unglass yeah, and the Deadbeats. Oh, remember Moon Sorrow? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ulcerate, Haken. Yeah, not, not a lot of. Yeah, I I don't see. It. I think it's in 2010 because they. I think they're counting like international releases. Yeah, uh, it's fine. It's not even up here. Oh, it's Cavalotech is number ten. So right before Diamond Eyes, like right after Diamond Eyes, and then um, Trypticon. Oh yeah, uh, I, Trypticon is one of those bands I've never been able to get into. Yeah, same. I mean, I I haven't listened to them a ton, but I think, um, the, well, I think I I listened to the one that came out in twenty fourteen, Milana Cosmata. Yeah, that one because I think Decibel gave this is when I still subscribe to Decibel. They gave it a perfect ten. Which oh yeah, I don't think they they ever have. And I was like, oh my god, like how good. And then the first time I listened to it, it wasn't. I think it's more doomy. And at the time, I really wasn't into doom. I'm still it's still not my favorite genre, but uh, I, I think if I, I tried it again, I think it's I might... because Tom Warrior or is that his name? Thomas Gabriel Fisher, uh, yeah. also known as Tom Tom Warrior, uh, yeah. who was you know part of Celtic Frost and Hellhammer. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's his band. So. I think that that's kind of like it has kind of like that legend, you know, legendary stuff. But it's like an album by a legend that doesn't suck shit. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which means it's like it, it it isn't a bad album. I just I just don't really see the hype for it. But it, the, the the whole HR Geiger cover is pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah, I mean their artwork has always been awesome. Yeah. So. so. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I have really nothing more to say about Cavalier Talk. I I enjoyed the fuck out of it. It was yeah, a I'm lot really of fun stuff. I just noticed now that the album cover has an owl with tentacles. Um, yeah, they they've always had trip. I, I think their third their third album is pretty normal. It's just some dwarf dudes sitting on a ice mountain. Yeah, but the, the thing is, like, the, the, this is just this isn't even Cavalier Talk. This is Baisley right here. <laughs> like, yeah, he this, just. But, but I mean, they probably said, "Hey, like, here's a concept." I wonder if they. I wonder how that process works. Like, I, I, I they, feel like he's just like, "Here's the painting." 
And it's like, I don't like this. He's like, no, the, you do. And they're like, yeah, actually, it's, yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> like, but, no, no, no. This is the painting. This is the painting. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, Baroness's album covers make a whole lot more sense now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, he, he seems like a nice enough guy, but, like, I feel like if he got angry, it would be... I, would be scared. I, I he's he seems like an awesome guy. He's an amazingly talented artist. But you know, both it's in amazing, terms of yeah. visual and his music. Um, you know, I, I, I like love this album cover, but like man, they get weird sometimes. But like it's it's it, it, it it's all good in 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 my opinion. Uh mm-hmm. though the bird shit is is really taking me for a loop. Um Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of bumming me out, Scott. Can we move on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, speaking of top ranked albums uh, from certain years, let's fast forward to today and do our albums of the week. Okay, go for it. Oh, did you want me to do mine? Or... No, that, that that segue didn't hit as much as uh, it didn't oh. it didn't work as well as the other ones. Yeah, or I, I guess work as badly as the other ones. I, I mean, also my, my mind really isn't here right now. Um, it, it, it took a it took a trip to the Poconos and you know it's, it, it's just it's it's enjoying the heat and yeah. uh, is is just not present at the moment well I will let you collect yourself and talk Thank about you. my album of the week so we were talking beforehand our, our local CD store Bull Moose um, you bought you spend 30 bucks you get free shipping and it, it's just it's been a great deal because they have a ton of locations across um New England, and it's it's been great to um, get some albums that I had been wanting to get for a while. They're not in our you know our local location, um, and there's one artist that I put on this album. I ended up buying the the rest of their discography, uh, pretty cheap copies, and I'm so so glad I gave this album a shot because I did not like the first album of theirs I bought. And my album of the week is Midnight Marauders by A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, okay. um, the first, I mean, unsurprisingly, the first Tribe Called Quest album I bought was Low End Theory. And Which is I, still good. I think it's good, and I totally understand why it's so well received, but it's very, very bare. Like, I mean, it, it, like it's, it's super one note. Like, like yeah. you know, it, It's a very like loose interpretation of jazz rap. Yeah, it, it's it's incredibly like the like the beats are well done, but they're super simple. But I mean, the lyrics really carry the album. The flows can be a little like ABC. Yeah, from here or there. Exactly. But I mean, the first song like back in the days when I was a teen, like that that I, opening. I, I, I love that verse. That yeah. opening verse is amazing. To me, I think Midnight Marauders. It's amazing how much of a like in production, in rapping, everything huge step like it's it's incredible to me from album to album how much they grew and mm. it, it's just it, in listening to the other albums that have come in uh, it, it's just such a I don't know like they're just such a cool band I don't know like I yeah. just in listening to them I love Qtis production it, it's it strikes that perfect it's not too weird but it's also not super um generic it's not like super on brand like some of the samples he chooses are it's kind of what i like about diggable planets um is that and it reminded me a lot of diggable planets as i was listening is that the they're not like so abstract like we're not talking atrocity ex- exhibition or anything like that but they're also not super normal as you'd expect yeah like they're it's, just, it's not like that they're just lifting like a soul album riff yeah exactly and they, they do and then you know the the 
the rhymes are you know thoughtful but also have some nice braggadocia just a really well-balanced uh release and i've slowly uh, i'm waiting until i get all their albums in to listen to uh the newest one because I've, ne- I've never listened to that oh you haven't uh, yeah i'm, oh, it's I'm really wait- good dude I'm waiting for their very first uh, album to come in. That's the only one I'm missing, and then I'm just going to listen to them in sequence. Yeah. Uh, bec- because it is very, very... Well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, put too fine a point on it, but I, I think after a certain age, rappers, veteran rappers, rarely um, their new- newer projects get as well-received as their newest album did. Yeah. Like, the, re- the reception for that one was very unusual. For, usually, after a certain certain point... You know they wheel. You know the rappers. Someone wheels them out in a wheelchair. They like lay some <laughs> lack, lay lay down some lackluster bars, and everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> thank you very much." Do, do Do you remember that there's a South Park episode where they get Rod Stewart to sing the Millennium concert on New Year's <laughs> Eve, and it, they they just roll him out in a wheelchair, and he like ends up pooping himself on stage. <laughs> that, 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 that's like the image that comes to my mind. Uh... But um, you know, I I think part of the reason. Um, that this album was so well received I think is I think one because it's their last album um, but also because uh, Fife Dogs passing before it came out um, I, I'm, I'm talking about we, we got it from here thank you for your service yeah but, yeah um, which isn't isn't to discount it because it's a good album it's just that like I think sometimes uh, you know, a person's death. Like I, I don't think Black Star would have nearly um, the status it does without Bowie's death. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, ar- arguably the the album is centered around that. But it, yeah. A- anyway, like you know, semantics. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently, Jack White is on. Uh, we've got it from here. Thank you for your service. Oh, so, interesting. That's cool. Um, very strange and Elton John which is somehow less strange than Jack White yeah because I, I could totally see I mean he um he, he was on like that Alice in Chains album you know so. yeah and he he did the you know he had the the, the kiss and makeup moment with Eminem at the Grammys yeah yeah so. yeah where, where, where they did uh they did Stan I think together. which was really really cool and Eminem never used any gay slurs ever again and everything was totally cool yep yep the end that's how it works. Um, Everyone move along. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, no, that, that that's a... I, I think you've had Midnight Marauders for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, and I, I liked it the first time I heard it. It just... I don't know, for some reason, the second time around, it just it clicked with me in a different way. Like, yeah. I really... I had this exact opinion before, but for some reason, now, I just... I was like, fuck, man. I love yeah. this. I get you, man. Like sometimes it takes a couple listens for an album to really like get to you. Like I remember, I think Blowout Comb. Like I really liked Blowout Comb, but like listening to it again a few weeks ago was like, oh man, I forgot this fucking album is awesome. Like yeah. you know, um, it is not my album of the week though. <laughs> so your album of the week is my album of the week is a little jazz album called uh, Sunday at the Village Vanguard by uh, the Bill Evans Trio. It's uh, like a live album um one of the, yeah it's, it's, it's like one of the most well-regarded live albums ever made it's, it's definitely like a highlight of bill evans's career um mm-hmm. i just had it on today and i you know i i've always loved bill evans but listening to this album but like you know because i haven't listened to this thing for years like i finally just got a copy of it um you know 
Wow. It is just so impressive what he's able to do on piano. And it's it's not like he's showing off. It's not like it's really flashy. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the appeal is that it's not. It's very subdued. Like, it's it's so, um, so moody and just, like, it really sucks you in. And, um, you, you know, usually, so I don't know if you've noticed this with, uh, with jazz albums that, a lot of the remasters will tend to have uh, like bonus takes of tracks on them, mm-hmm. things like that. This one actually has a ton of them. So like there are ten tracks in this edition of it, and one, two, three, four of those tracks are just different takes of other tracks that are on this thing. And uh, so I wasn't looking forward to that. I was almost a little like preoccupied with that. Because I was thinking, like, oh, no, I don't want to listen to the same song over and over again. Because, like, um, like I have a copy of Wayne Shorter's uh, Juju. And, like, he just played, like, the, they, they just include Juju and uh, House of, like, uh, I think that, I, I think it's, like, House of Jade. It's either House of Jade or Mahjong at the end. Like, they just do alternate takes. And I'm like, I, I don't want to listen to this, like, again. Mm-hmm. Um, but these were so good. Like, I couldn't even tell the tracks apart from each other, or like I I couldn't tell that they were even the same track, basically, in a way because like the the entire thing has sort of just like this one mood to it, just of like you know, jazz piano trio like like you're you're not really gonna get much of a difference, unless you listen to like like Art Tatum or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but so I, I was just so blown away by this. It was it was just really nice to write to this this morning. Um. Like as I was listening to, it, I was like, "Oh yeah, there we go, the album of the week." There we go. <laughs> nice. No, no questions asked. So um, I'm really excited to you know start buying some more Bill Evans again. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yep. All right, we have gone over a lot of time <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, That's I, okay. I, yeah, but it, it's all good. So um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week, and hopefully my mind will join us. So all right, all right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.